0: everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Uh, another Tuesday, happy to be here.
1: Very happy to be here. Very happy to talk footy always.
0: I mean, it's relentless anyway, so we might <laughs> as well record it once a week. So today what we're going to be talking about is common mistakes that fantasy coaches make and what can be done to prevent falling into these kinds of traps. So there's a couple of really obvious ones, um, and then a few that I think that people don't really think about too much. Um, but we'll start off with starting your team focusing on the 13.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I am i don't know if you follow many of the fantasy pages, but there's a lot there on Facebook that I've seen a lot of teams floating around that really have a stacked 13 that are on the park, but then they forget about those four bench players that are still scoring for them. So I see a lot of, you know, cheapies like centers, um, you know, your Targos and your Will Key as well. I think he's the player from the Tigers as well. There's a lot of those like cheap center winger fullbacks that are sitting there that, they're probably not going to score very well, but players are just picking them because they don't have the cash. And there's there's that mentality that, yes, they're going to make you cash and you're going to be able to spend them on plays in the future. But if you're not making any points from round one, I mean, what's that going to help you in the future when you're, you know, 20, 30,000 places back?
0: Exactly, and any any of the top thirteen players that you do pick, like the big scoring ones, don't do too well, or get injured, or yeah. end up not playing, or origin or anything like that, you've kind of set yourself up for failure a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that, especially because obviously you're not going to have Cleary doing you know scoring eighties, nineties every game. There's going to be one or two games where he has a bit of a slump, um, and most people have Cleary. I think we've established yeah. that at this stage. Um, you've, you've got to have those players there to actually pick up your team as well. So it's not you don't need to have it uh, all the way through your 17, but you need to have good enough players that um, are going to score you good points week in, week out that aren't, you're not solely relying on for points. So having a well-rounded at least 17 is pretty important. So yeah. um, not spending all your money all at once in... Your starting 13 is pretty important like you look at most teams most teams have you know a gun mid player a gun half a gun hooker a gun winger fullback that's already like six mil of your cap taken yeah. up most of the time like if you if you're running with a, a pappenhausen or tedesco for example or even turbo in your wing of fullbacks a cleary in your halves a burton or an aiken or someone like that in your centers haas in your middle and a hooker like you a damian cook or even a harry grant or a reed Marney if you have any of those like players starting that's six million of your cap taken up immediately so you've got to really think about the kind of players that are going to be scoring similar to them obviously they're not going to be you know shooting out 60s for fun every week but yeah. you've got to be thinking of players that are going to get you a you know a 50 or a 55 thereabouts that kind of um score for a cheaper price and then use that money to actually fill out your bench to get some players that will score
0: yeah, because you want a, like a holistic team, like someone that kind of covers everything. Yeah, you no. Know, so like another issue is like not hyper focusing on like um, players from one team, because yeah. if a team does really badly, at, like in one week, even though like you know the Panthers generally do amazingly if last season, anything to go by. Yeah. If they have a really bad week, you have a bad week.
1: Yeah, that's that was always an issue. Um, I think, especially for for people that had a lot of manly players, I guess, last year, especially at the start of last year, if you had DCEs and yeah. the like, yeah, yeah you, you obviously had a rough time in the first couple of weeks. I know I had, I had yeah. DCE, So, um, yeah, you've really got to kind of focus on mixing up your players, which is, I guess, the next point, right? Having players from multiple teams and not focusing on one, one yeah,
0: team. Yeah, I think it's really important. It's something that I tend to overlook as well because I go like, oh, that's a really good player, that's really good, that's really good. And then I look at it and I have like half of, yeah, Manly or like,
1: yeah. I know. think the Storm are a big issue this year, especially yeah. for me anyway. I've got a lot of players from the Storm currently in my team at the moment. I'm running with Grant and Welch and I think I've also got Pappenhausen stuck in there as well. But it, it, it can get really hard to find players that are actually scoring well consistently um, from the same team, especially if they have a bad week. Like if you're, for example, if you have, um, you know, Pappenhausen, Hughes, Grant, Uh, Brandon Smith, all from the Storm, and then the Storm one week just have a rough time, like I know they did against Parramatta last year. Yeah. What a great game that was. (laughs) Um, Yeah, then you're going to have a rough time with the scores. It's as simple as that. But generally, the Storm have been pretty safe, I'd like to say, most of the time, anyway. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And then um, I'd say, along with that as well, like not being too committed to one player just because you really like them. Like if they're not playing too well and they haven't been playing too well for a few weeks, you definitely have to reevaluate whether or not you want to keep that player even though you might love them and you've had them on your team for, like, God knows how many years. Three or four years in a row. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I know I had this issue. (laughs) I had this issue a lot back in the day with uh, Mitch Orbison. Um, He would absolutely burn me most years. Yeah. He was way too good of a utility bench player um, to be a good starting fantasy player, but I stuck with him, and that was obviously a detriment to my team for most years. But, yeah, I think a lot of people have a tendency to get attached to some players I know I have a tendency to do that. Like, I've been pretty m- well attached to Pappenhausen since he's come onto the scene. It hasn't really hurt me yet, except for last year. I did well last year. <laughs> it hasn't but holding- hurt
0: me, but. Like- <laughs> but,
1: yeah, okay. <laughs> holding on to him when he was injured was probably not great, and that's another point we'll talk about soon. Yeah. But, yeah, being, being connected to players and being, you know, sold that they're the player that you're going to build your team around is. Not good when... Because what happens if something changes and that player, you know, is on the outer with the team or they're not getting the minutes like David Fafita was at the end of last year. People were still sticking with him because he could get big scores. But when you look at the facts, he was playing off the bench. He was only playing 30 minutes. His scores were, were dying... Yeah. He really needed to go, but players were too sold in the mindset that no, he's a good player, he'll score well. Yeah. That they didn't want to change that. But you've really got to look at the stats and the way the teams are built. And if they're not performing, they're, they're not performing.
0: Exactly. And yeah. I think, like, what you touched on before as well is like, basing your whole team around one player is sometimes a recipe for disaster as well. Like yep. you, you need to kind of be able to think, like I said before, like holistically regarding creating a team because you can't kind of just, vote. I mean, other than the obvious uh, with Cleary. Yeah. But, but I understand that. <laughs> there but,
1: are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> but
0: I mean, if you're not willing to go Cleary for your, like, you know, for your route this year, definitely like you're going to have to think more kind of like holistically when you're building your team rather than relying on one player.
1: I think, yeah. I, I understand they're not going for one player, but I think you do need to go at least one player to be your captain. Oh, yeah. And it has to be Cleary or Turbo this year. It's as simple as that. They're, they're outscoring everyone, um, but that's another issue in itself, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, if you don't have Cleary or Turbo on your team as your captain, that's you're already making a mistake from, from the get-go. I think yeah. that's another pit for people to fall into because they're, they're head and shoulders above everyone else in fantasy at the moment. You can't not pick one of them yeah. to be a captain.
0: And like what we touched on before as well, like holding on to long-term injured players with Papenhausen last year as yeah. well. If you know that the player is going to be out for a while, you you might as well, and you've got the trades, trade them out.
1: Yeah, you you kind of fall into that mentality that oh, it's going to cost me a trade, and I'm going to have to get them back in anyway. But like that cash that you use, uh, well, that cash that you spend trading them out and then, you know, getting a player that's actually going to be getting you points that week is well worth it. Like if for Pappenhausen for example, he was out for close to twelve weeks, not playing at his full capacity, I'd yeah. like to say. Um, if you had his seven to eight hundred K, this is before he came back and lost a lot of cash, yeah. his seven, eight hundred thousand dollars in spend on another player that was getting you sixties. Yeah. That's what, sixty times twelve? Quick math, seven hundred and twenty points that you could have had extra in your team exactly. that you didn't have over a whole season. You might have won. Yeah, that that can get you a couple thousand places easy. I yeah. think even at the top, even even the top thousand, there was about a thousand point spread. So seven hundred twenty points could have got you into the top, you know, fifty if yeah. if you had have spent that and not held him on your bench. So players that, especially expensive players, um, if they go down, and even looking at like a a three week. Um, turnover for them coming back that might be cause for a trade to be honest like 3 weeks 3 rounds especially for a expensive player getting 60 points for 3 rounds 180 mm-hmm. points over 3 rounds is it's a lot of points yeah it's a lot like, of points you don't think of it in in just one week you've got to think of it over the course of the season and 180 points is the difference between you know a top 100 finish and a you know a top 1000 finish instead you know there's a there's a decent amount of positions there to be gained by making that trade and spending the cash elsewhere yeah Sorry if I dragged on there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All good. Um, I guess the last point that we want to touch on as well, going in with this, is not using your trades throughout the season or more commonly, which you do and everyone else seems to do other than me, is use your trades too quickly. And so you end up in finals and you have no trades left and then everyone's injured or being benched.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which was an issue uh, last year as well with David Fafita as we spoke about before. A lot of people didn't have the trades to get rid of him considering his change in the team as well. So yeah, um, not using your trades, very less common. Like most people use all of their trades by like, you know, mid season. I did not except for you, um, yeah. <laughs>
0: which was a mistake. And I admit that cause I, but I did, absolutely destroy the last few
1: weeks yes but if you're <laughs> already outside the top 10,000 yeah, so in the just, last few weeks it was it's not mess. gonna matter anyway yeah so you've really got to make sure especially in the first couple of weeks it's actually important to be using your trends So yeah. looking at your team within the first and second week is quite important looking at the players that are playing as you expected you know playing 80 minutes getting the ball often actually you know hitting gaps getting line breaks getting all those extra attacking stats that you need them to get that's really important they have mm. to be doing that to still be considered in your team so looking at players um, I guess like even Stefano Atuokimano pretty pretty popular um, player this year you know he's mid range uh, mid price sorry and he's probably got a bit of upside as well to make an extra 5 to 10 points a game pretty comfortably especially starting if he's not starting or if he is starting and only getting limited minutes around the 40 mark that's not going to be enough for him to improve in value so if you've if you've picked him and in the first and second week he's you know only getting around the 35 to 40 mark it means that you have to trade him out pretty much straight away and that's yeah. that's the thing there's a lot of players there that you'll see in their team lists in round one and you'll be like perfect they're a lock like if I've seen a lot of talk of some people picking up Ruben Cotter if he's at number 13 but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get 60 plus minutes at number at lock and, if, and he's going to be playing and getting you know plenty of tackles and meters up the middle yeah um it's worth a risk, yes, but if it, if that doesn't pan out in the first week or two, it, it means he's an immediate trade. And So spending trades in the first week or two, very important. Yeah. So I understand spending them early, but it's the, mid, the mid-season part of the year that really you've got to be very cautious with your trades. Like you see a rookie come into the team because of a long-term injury. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to pick him up. Yes, yeah. it's an opportunity, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're a lock in the team and they're going to hold their position. So you've got to weigh up. Is that player worth the trade? Should I be spending this trade now or will it be more valuable in the future? Yeah. Yeah. Anything to to add to that?
0: No, I totally agree. And it's something I'm going to have to get a bit more on top of because I kept being like, I don't want to use all my trades because then I'll have nothing else and I'll be like everybody else crying at the end of the year, not Not being able to, but then I went the opposite way and I didn't use enough trades. And I think I ended up with like four left.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone was in your position, (laughs) to be honest. I don't think anyone had four trades left by the last round.
0: It was not great. Yeah, I
1: know I ran out probably four rounds to go, three or four rounds to go last year. So, yeah, Yeah, make sure you're really cautious of spending your trades, especially through those middle middle rounds with State of Origin happening. Yes, you can get... If you're behind, obviously, probably spend a few trades to, you know, move up the ranks. But if you're, you know, sitting pretty in the top 1,000, your team's doing well, yes, you're going to lose some to Origin, but you don't necessarily you're not necessarily going to lose a lot of positions then you know yeah. hold on to them they're going to be much more valuable in the last few rounds than they are in those middle rounds
0: exactly yeah was yeah. there anything else that you kind of think they're
1: of? they're probably the biggest ones I'd say um another one I would be pretty comfortable bringing up is you know jumping on cheapies because they're cheap is another one that kind of happens a lot yeah um a lot of coaches see new players come in that are you know bargain basement, 220K, 240K yeah. that are in the team in the 17. Um, I mean, David Moirley is a prime example for this for the Rabbitohs. Yes, he's he's looking good. It looks like he's going to probably get the bench spot and play some minutes in the team. Does that necessarily mean he's going to make a lot of cash though? That's that's the big thing you've got to weigh up. And this is where um, you've got to be really cautious, especially in the middle of the year when cheapies come into the, come into the team because of injuries to players. Yeah. Are they really worth jumping on how good was the player before them actually performing and will they actually increase in value from where they're at because if you're if you're making a trade for a cheapie and you're you know downgrading one player and upgrading another trying to make a bit of cash and get some extra points you've got to actually weigh up will the player that you're trading down to and trying to make money off will they actually make enough money to be worth that double trade so you know, looking at players that are coming onto the wing, especially, this is a big pit for wingers and centers that you're jumping on just because they're cheap. Very, very, very risky. Like if you're jumping off on a winger that's 240K and, you know, scores 10 points a game, you're actually probably going to lose money on that that trade. So be very cautious about that, especially um, at teams in the bottom bottom half of the table.
0: Yeah, definitely. Beauty. We do have some questions for today. As well um, kindly um, sent in on our Instagram at footy brains pod so make sure you follow us there as well um, so the first question is from Zach, and he asks thoughts on Josh King and Ethan Bullimore being buys or getting starting positions
1: yeah I've seen a few of uh, these two guys actually j- jumping around a lot of questions about them um, we'll start with Josh King so he's going to he's moved to the storm this year um, yep. he's a mid player Now, a bit of news on the Storm, obviously, with Nass coming back into training um, because of his medical exemption um, to start with the Storm again. So, he will probably take up that bench spot. Whether he plays at lock or in the front row, it's not known yet. He has been moving a lot more to um, the lock position, uh, rotating there in previous years. So... Josh King, he might get a bench spot, but it's looking quite unlikely at this point in time with Nass being back. Mm-hmm. I would say he he might snag a spot, but it looks like Tepei Moroa is actually probably more likely to get that spot. And he's actually cheaper than Josh King at the moment. So Tepei Moroa and Josh King are probably going to be, you know, battling to get that, that final spot in the Storm team. So uh, whichever one of those gets it, I'd be more inclined to say go with them. That being said, though, I think... Neither of them have a huge amount of upside, but Tepai Moroa being only 240K probably has more upside than Josh King, who I think is over... I think he's around 310 at the moment. Um, Ethan Bullimore, he is... uh, The likeliness of him getting in the starting squad for Manly is quite low with the players ahead of him. I think he's got... um, Obviously, you're going to have Paseca and Tepau filling the starting roles, but then you've got Josh Alaya coming back from injury... You've got, uh, who's the other front rower there, um, uh, Toa Fafawa Sipley yeah. as well, who's an enforcer off the bench, and he had a really good season last year, so he he's did, probably yes. going to get another bench spot. So the likeliness of Bullamore getting you know more than 20, 30 points off the bench is quite low. So be very hesitant with those two. If they are named in the 17, minutes are probably still going to be quite low for them as well. So I would be a bit hesitant on going either of those two Um But then again, they are basement price cheapies. So if in the first round or the second round, you see them, um, they, they get into the team and they actually perform quite well, or they get 30 plus minutes, they might be a buy, but even, even then I don't see how they make a huge amount of cash unless one of them, the starting forwards gets injured. That's probably my take on those two.
0: Okay, great. Um, and then the next question is from Jason. So would you consider Hughes or Munster this year?
1: Hughes and Munster. Um, I'm going to say just a flat-out no, and here's why. <laughs> so, halves this year, not great value in halves. Um, just the change to kick meters and tackle bust means that the good halves, like Hughes and Munster, yeah. they're going to be losing in kick meters about 33, you know, a third of their points in kick meters every game. Which is significant. Very significant in base stats. That's straight off the cuff. And tackle bust, which is you know, what they make a lot of points off, especially Munster, he's heavy, tack- he's tackle bust heavy and a lot of attacking stats heavy. Yep. Um, you're already losing those points from um, that being downgraded a third as well. So you really need to be cautious with halves because they're losing a lot of points in base stats just by playing. Um, it's it's hard because they're still very good players. They're still probably going to be scoring, you know, around the 50 to 60 mark, but You'd expect less of those 70s to 80s from them, especially from Hughes and Munster. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way that the that fantasies decided to go this year, and they've demoted halves to, but back down to the pack. So it looks like middles yeah. and edges are actually got a bit more value in them.
0: So you'd be um, focusing Yeah we said this before Focusing yeah. on the middle and edge players Middle and
1: edge players yeah. Have a bit more value Yes they get tackle busts as well But putting a bit more emphasis On tackles and um, meters gained yeah. Is a lot better than Focusing on kick meters for halves Yeah At this stage It means that The same goes for halves Like Mitch Moses And Adam Reynolds And stuff like that You know the kick heavy halves In most teams They're all going to suffer Unfortunately it's yeah, Just the way that, that they've decided true. to go Yeah Cleary as well but I mean Cleary was averaging 90 so he bring can him. take
0: a bit of a hit yeah he can <laughs> take
1: a bit of a hit
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got our final question from a um, friend of the show Dunham uh, Rumer Smith the ultimate smoky this year I can answer this myself no um but thank you so much for your question dunham really appreciate it
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think that's pretty safe <laughs> you know if he actually performs now you're going to be in for a I treat i
0: know i'll never hear the end of it
1: yeah. but <laughs> Facebook will be um, up. that's
0: my hot take my first one of the year no it's mm. not a hot take it's, it's not a, a hot take yeah. it's a pretty conventional take yeah <laughs> um, but no Rima smith is not the ultimate Smokey this year apologies
1: yeah absolutely
0: well, I guess that about wraps it up for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Daniel.
1: Yeah, not a problem. Bit of a short one this week. Just thought, um, you know, get through this week and get into the, the real the real juice of uh, NRL yes. fantasy in next week.
0: Yes, because we'll have plenty to talk about next week because it's the Indigenous All-Stars game this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm wrapped for that. I just can't wait to watch some more footy. Very I know. Excited.
0: I know you're excited. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you say that with yeah, gritting your teeth.
0: <laughs> it's all starting. No, I'm very excited too. And it's... Um, going to be a good weekend. A, be a lot weekend. to talk about, a lot for us to cover. Um, and we can start getting back into the normal fantasy talk from next week.
1: Yeah, actually seeing some players, you know, um, showing a bit of form and seeing what they can do in the start of the season. You yeah. know, see who's actually going to be playing for their teams. It would That's be really interesting.
0: It's going to be really good. Um, so make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Footy Brains Pod. We'll be posting about the game on our stories as they happen. Um, and feel free to ask us any questions there. Again, that you can be featured in next week's episode. So thanks for tuning in this week and we'll talk to you next week.